One major call for forgiveness is when we plan for our life to happen one way, but instead it happens another. This is what happened to Viktor Frankl in a very tragic way when during World War II in 1942, he and his family were put in a concentration camp. Frankl's love besides his family was his work, a kind of psychology of life he called logotherapy. The manuscript outlining his work was in his pocket when he was arrested and stripped from him along with any freedom to write, read, and almost with any sense of dignity. The chances of surviving a concentration camp at that time were 1 in 28. Frankl couldn't have known that at that time, but he probably had more than a good enough idea. He could easily accept that his fate was to lose all dignity and to die, but he made a different choice. One, he would accept whatever his fate was going to be. Certainly, be it dark forces or a higher power, greater forces than his own were at play. He shares, Does this not bring to mind the story of the death in Tyran? A rich and mighty Persian once walked in his garden with one of his servants. The servant cried that he had just encountered death who had threatened him. He begged his master to give him his fastest horse so that he could make haste and flee to Tehran, which he could reach that same evening. The master consented, and the servant galloped off on the horse. On returning to his house, the master himself met death, questioned him. Why did you terrify and threaten my servant? I did not threaten him. I only showed surprise in still finding him here when I planned to meet him tonight in Tehran, said Death. This kind of acceptance of not being able to control his own fate, I would argue for Frankel and for us, can be a kind of forgiveness of life, and perhaps, yes, even God. It is not to say that all is predestined, for Frankel in particular is a champion of our ability to choose. The idea of power for me in this is that by ceasing to control the course of our life, we can still choose how we behave in life, the virtues we embody, the dreams we spin, the thoughts and words we share. And in finding this, Franco was able to look to a greater plan or a greater meaning to guide him through the dark experience ahead of him. Instead of the many pages of my manuscript, I found in a pocket of the newly acquired coat one single page torn out of a Hebrew prayer book containing the most important Jewish prayer, Shema Yisrael. How should I have interpreted such a coincidence? other than as a challenge to live my thoughts instead of merely putting them on paper. Frankel would continue to find meaning on his journey, and although his manuscript was gone, he found himself in a nightmare laboratory where he was able to test and practice his psychological ideas. Even the helpless victim of a hopeless situation, Frankel says, facing a fate he cannot change may rise above himself. He may turn a personal tragedy into a triumph. At the heart of Frankl's teaching is that what guides each of us is a will towards meaning. He says, Man's search for meaning is the primary motivation in his life, and not a secondary rationalization of instinctual drives. This meaning is unique and specific in that it must and can be fulfilled by him alone. Only then does it achieve a significance which will satisfy his own will to meaning. There are some authors who contend that meanings and values are nothing but defense mechanisms. Man, however, is able to live and even to die for the sake of his ideas and values. One day, in two-degree temperatures, Frankel is forced to lay water pipes, already at a point of starvation and weakness. A guard approaches him. You pig! I've been watching you the whole time. I'll teach you to work yet. Wait till you dig dirt with your teeth. You'll die like an animal. In two days, I'll finish you off. You've never done a stroke of work in your life. What were you, swine, a businessman? I was past caring. 
but I had to take this threat of killing me seriously, so I straightened up and looked him directly in the eye. I was a doctor, a specialist. What? A doctor? I bet you got a lot of money out of people. As it happens, I did most of my work for no money at all, in clinics for the poor. But now I had said too much. He threw himself on me and knocked me down, shouting like a madman. I can no longer remember what he shouted. Indignation can rouse even a seemingly hardened prisoner. Indignation not about cruelty or pain, but about the insult connected with it. That time blood rushed to my head because I had to listen to a man judge my life who had so little idea of it. In our own lives, it might be a man, but more often it is a circumstance that disrespects who we are. I don't have any stories to tell you as devastating as what Frankel went through, but I would argue that all of us have experiences that challenge our dignity. In a way, I like to think there are moments past that become kidnappers of our spirit. Little bits of the heart of who I am are sometimes trapped in incomplete experiences, moments of victimhood and regret. What then is forgiveness but rescuing those parts of my spirit and bringing them back to myself now? How do I do this? I don't think it is a process of forgiving someone back then, nor do I think it is about forgiving as who I was then. It is about knowing who I am now in relationship to who I was and what was then. With today's window, I can honor the past. I can acknowledge the feelings I had then, but I can choose something new now. I can turn pain into wisdom, hurt into a greater capacity to love, a loss of dignity into newfound courage. Frankl shares, human potential at its best is to transform a tragedy into a personal triumph, to turn one's predicament into a human achievement. No matter what has stopped you, injured you, or created doubt in you, to forgive does not mean you have to go to counseling with whatever the endeavor consisted of. What it does mean is that you must do everything in your power to let it hold you back no longer. As valid an experience may be, an experience is never more than who you are. Frankl shares a story. We stumbled on in the darkness, over big stones and through large puddles along the one road leading from the camp. The accompanying guards kept shouting at us and driving us with the butts of their rifles. Anyone with very sore feet supported himself on his neighbor's arm. Hardly a word was spoke. The icy wind did not encourage talk. Hiding his mouth behind his upward collar, the man marching next to me whispered suddenly, If our wives could see us now. I do hope they are better off in their camps and don't know what is happening to us. That brought thoughts of my own wife to mind. As we stumbled on for miles, slipping on icy spots, supporting each other time and again, dragging one another up and onward, nothing was said, but we both knew each of us was thinking of his wife. Occasionally I looked at the sky, where the stars were fading and the pink light of the morning was beginning to spread behind a dark bank of clouds, but my mind clung to my wife's image, imagining it with an uncanny acuteness. I heard her answering me, saw her smile, her frank and encouraging look. Real or not, her look was then more luminous than the sun, which was beginning to rise. Frankel didn't know it at the time, but his wife had already been murdered. Was his experience just a sad delusion? Or could it be that it was a testament to Frankel's inner ability to move past the moment he was in to find his connection to something, and in this case, someone greater? To unlock this mystery is perhaps to have the key to understanding forgiveness and life itself. Frankel goes on. A thought transfixed me. For the first time in my life I saw the truth as it is set into song by so many poets, proclaimed as the final wisdom by so many thinkers. The truth. 
that love is the ultimate and the highest goal to which man can aspire. Then I grasp the meaning of the greatest secret that human poetry and human thought and belief have to impart. The salvation of man is through love and in love. I understood how a man who has nothing left in this world still may know bliss, be it only for a brief moment in the contemplation of his beloved. In a position of utter desolation when man cannot express himself in positive action, when his only achievement may consist in enduring his sufferings in the right way, an honorable way, in such a position man can, through loving contemplation of the image he carries of his beloved, achieve fulfillment. For the first time in my life I was able to understand the meaning of the words, the angels are lost in perpetual contemplation of an infinite glory.